And we are back for part two. As always, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes, all that good stuff. If you're a fan of the podcast, then consider supporting us on Patreon for more podcast exclusives. I'll leave a link in the description below for all of those, as well as Supercut Delights' original abandoned plotline video and part one if you haven't seen it yet. Okay, so uh, Preston 22 okay. is Dorn being Danny's ally. After Ilaria dies, Dorn kind of just fades away into dust. It's mentioned briefly in Season 8, but never shows up for the Battle of King's Landing, and is only seen during the Council to elect a new king. Um, so, basically, uh, Dorne being a drop plotline has been yeah. a thing ever since Season 5. And yeah, absolutely. I gotta agree with this yeah, one. No, I agree. Because yeah. Dorne was supposed to show up to the battle, but a good chunk of their armies is kind of destroyed when they're on the ships. Sure, uh, by, sure. By I mean, this, this is, but it's the double standard, right? Like, like one group of Dorne's like forces are destroyed on the ships fine i can accept that but mm-hmm. but why does every everybody else get to respawn their forces and have them come back especially the north um you got a point there know, what was the joke that the north respawns people for every major yeah, battle exactly so so i uh-huh. you know to say like oh they all drowned on the ships like nah that's just that's not fair you know because there were tyrell forces on those ships and yet the tyrell forces appeared again when when Jamie had to fight them at, at Highgarden, you know, like there, you know, it's it's they're def the the Dorn plot was definitely dropped. It was it was there was such a bad reaction to the Sand Snakes that they decided to just like end it, and it was really stupid because once you introduce it, you have to resolve it. I don't care if the Sand Snakes were horrible. Once you introduce them, you can't just kill them off. Like they're they're important, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was it, that was a definitely a horrible drop plot. Um, my headcanon for this is since Ilaria uh, took every single one of Oberyn's daughters with her mm-hmm. and herself aboard those ships and they're all gone there was no leader in place for when it really mattered and Dorne was just in disarray so they couldn't have sent reinforcements while the entire country was trying to figure out like, who do we follow yeah. of so, course another drop plot is Oberyn specifically says in the show that he has eight daughters um, just right. like in the book uh, of course, mm-hmm. you know, they don't, they don't, we never see more than uh, three daughters, but oh well. <laughs> oh well. There it oh is. Well. <laughs> the other, <laughs> the other five daughters are somewhere, but okay. 23 is the Dothraki disappear after Danny's death. Uh, basically, he's saying here how um, the Dothraki kind of get fucked up during the Battle of Winterfell, of course. And at one point in episode four, Grey Worm says half are gone. Yeah. And then um, when Danny is killed by John, they kind of just fuck off. Now, this is a point you've made several times. Aren't they supposed to avenge their cow's death? They are. They are. I mean, obviously, that, that point isn't introduced in the show. Yeah, they're, they're, that point isn't introduced in the show. But And I would have said that it, that would be a really great argument for why John can't return to Westeros. You know, that, that once Grey Worm leaves, like, Grey Worm leaving is really stupid. Um and because he's not he's not leaving any assurance that Jon Snow will, will remain in exile, which is one of his demands. Um, mm-hmm. And not to, I mean, especially when the North is right there, you know, <laughs> like and his sister right. is is running Winterfell and his brother is running the rest of the kingdom. Like like why would you know, why would they not let Jon back? And, you know, my argument was, well, if if they left the Dothraki in Westeros, they would all kill John if he came if he came back. 
Um, but the combined armies of the Dothraki and the Unsullied are no match numerically for the combined armies of Westeros that are still there. Sure, but you know, we, you could then argue that you know the that's the there's just not that many of the North. The problem is they respawned the the North again, and and they make some statement that there's ten thousand Northmen outside of King's Landing, and I'm like, where did those guys come from? You know, like <laughs> what? My God. Um, so, I mean, you, the way I would have done it is at the end, there's many Dothraki still left in Westeros. They're taken on to, uh, you know, to, to people, they marry, they marry to them to daughters. They make them lords, all the things. People are like, oh, that's ridiculous. No, no, it's not. Like, you can, you can. Isn't that what they kind of are doing with the Wadlings in the books? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, one of the big things that the book kind of makes a joke of is that all of these these stories about people being wild and unruly are, are bullshit. That actually everybody's civilized, everybody plays by you know complicated social rules. Um, no one is just wild, uh, which is you know it's, it's basic racism to claim that like a Dothraki couldn't sit couldn't suddenly farm and like learn the laws of Westeros. Of course, of course they can. They have their own laws themselves, you know. They're, so the, you know, the, so my argument was, you know, oh sure, there's there's not enough there's not enough labor because everybody's died in wars. So right. you know, there's plenty of daughters out there that need to have that need husbands. There's plenty of there's plenty of land out there that needs working. You could have just had the Dothraki be those people, and then they would simultaneously be the armies and and be within the armies and ensure that Jon Snow never returned. But this is all my freaking, you know, fan fiction. It didn't happen. But yeah, the, the the Dothraki are a dropped plot. You see them, you see a couple walking at the port, but how are they getting home? What are they doing afterwards? We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't even, um, I'll have to ask Dragon Demands. Shout out to that guy. Mm. Um, I have to, I have to ask him what happens because what he loves to do. I used to like doing this, and then I just stopped because I just didn't care anymore. <laughs> season seven, I used to love listening to the DVD Blu-ray commentaries. Yeah, because um, sometimes they will clear that up. Like um, there was a uh, moment, I think, in one of the episodes, uh, one of the commentaries. I saw it on an article where I think Amelia Clark asked them, uh, "Does Drogon eat my dead body?" And they're like, "No, of course not." Oh yeah, but it's so weird because if it if it's not on screen, it doesn't mean it. You know, it's just it didn't happen. It's not canon or whatever. Um, all of these alternate endings and deleted scenes that that appear now in 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 media, they're all very confusing because now I don't really know like what to think. Like um, this is a real quick side thing, but did you know that in the original Office Space, like there was a scene in which they talk about. Um, his boss dying in the fire. Oh. Yeah. And if you actually look, like during the fire, his Porsche is there. And then, so the cut scene is, is them going, are you going to Lumber's funeral? And they all go, fuck no. And then they, they kind of walk off. And it's just, oh, his boss like burned up in the fire. Now clearly, like when they put together this comedy, they were like, now nah, that's pretty fucking dark and not that funny. Let's cut the scene. And it was cut for good reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, if you're thinking about the plot of Office Space, like, what happens to the boss? Like, it, did he die in the fire? Or, and am I supposed to think about that 
Porsche that's in the parking lot? Yeah. Or am I supposed to just assume that, you know, he, he survived and, you know, went on to be some middle manager somewhere else? Like, I, you don't know. Um, and so it, it's odd. Like, is a deleted, does a deleted scene count? I don't know. But, I mean, we don't know what Drogon did with Danny's body. Who knows? He could have eaten it. <laughs> no well, clue. Uh, I, I know what you mean. Star, this happens a lot with Star Wars. You know, yeah. certain things that should be, especially Rise of Skywalker, certain things that are that should be explained in the whole like movie are usually explained in the book. Like the the opening planet that Kylo is on, being Mustafar, yeah. being explained in the no, in the official novel of the movie. Right. So I guess it's a shame Game of Thrones doesn't have its own. Wait a minute, oh. it does. Wait a minute, it does. Uh. Number 24, uh, Rickon's death is glossed over. John is the only person who really reacts to it, and they never really hold a funeral for him. That is true. That is true. That is true. Uh, nobody, nobody brings him up. Bran, Sansa, they, they, all, they all don't bring him up. I think there's even a line where Arya talks about the last of the Starks, and she's like, our father's gone, our mother's gone, you know, and then she doesn't even mention Rickon. Maybe I don't know. Does she not mention Rickon? I don't remember. I, I forget. I have to re because I'm trying to think of like uh, that'd be really horrible if she didn't like because I think she mentions Maester Lewin. <laughs> really... Oh shit! I I really don't remember the the kid from the from the books. The only thing I remember about Rickon is that that he's in Skagos and and Davos has to go grab him. What did Rickon do in the books that's incredibly significant? Is there anything ha- he's done or? Um. Yeah. I mean. Well, he. It's more about potential. So Rickon's Rickon has more connection to his wolf than than others. Like mm. I mean, not as much as Bran, but but he, you know, we we never are in his head. But he also has has been working his his wolf. Um, but he's he hasn't been getting any instruction from anyone. So when when Jojen kind of tells him, you know, tells Bran, oh, you're going to lose yourself in your wolf. Well, Rickon doesn't have that instruction. So you know, the idea is that Rickon might be becoming very wild. Uh, the wolf might be taking over Rickon. Um, but so far in the book, he's he's more of an object than a person himself. Like, you know, the North is rising. There's a secret conspiracy to put Rickon back as Lord of Winterfell uh, from from Wyman Manderley. Um, so, and, you know, Davos has to go find him. He, so Rickon becomes the MacGuffin. So he, he, you know, he, he doesn't quite have his own agency yet, but um, there's a lot of potential there. In fact, there's arguments that all of the, the kind of um, prophecies and messages that the, that the Three-Eyed Raven, um, that the Three-Eyed Crow has been sending out and that Jojen has seen, he actually misinterpreted them, and they're actually all about Rickon. that's kind of cool in the show there's a moment where Bran's like what are you doing go back to dad go back to bed mom and dad will be back soon and he says no they won't so I guess that's because he had a nightmare so I'm assuming the show was giving us hints that you know Rick can maybe be having those uh those dreams yeah that Bran gets yeah I mean he was having them before he was having them before you know Arya and John were having them, so um, maybe around the same time as John was up. No, I guess he had those dreams. He had some some bad, some good dreams. Uh, yeah, but uh, the point is, he's 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 powerful. He has all the elements that 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 say he's powerful, and and no one's been training him. No one's been, no one like forced him into a coma, or like uh, 
you know, gave him psychotropic drugs. But I guess he was stuck in the in the crypts in the dark for a week, just like just like Bran. So his gift would have awoken, uh, just like Bran's did. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's far along in his development. You know. Uh, number 25, Cersei being feared by the people of King's Landing. The people hating her as their new queen is never really brought up. Neither is the atrocities uh, after she blows up the Great Sept. Uh, real quick, so Rickon's death being glossed over. Rickon himself kind of being abandoned, plotline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do their best to, to, I don't know. I mean, they they brought him back and they killed him off immediately. But, but you're right that his impact should have been more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as for Cersei being feared um, because she blew up the Sept, that's also kind of... I would say eh. that's a dropped plot. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you're, you're going to build up this whole faith militant thing, and you're going to have everyone be everyone in this in this kingdom be of a, a particular religion, and then you're just going to blow up the, the equivalent of their pope and their Vatican, and everyone's just going to be cool. You know? Just, yeah. That is, uh, like, if they blamed, if she blamed it on Danny, which is something I would have done if I was in charge, like, I would have had them blame it on Danny because, you know, the fucking giant fire and all that stuff, so. Right. Fuck Unfortunately, it. they had a hot pie scene where hot pie says, oh, Cersei blew up the Sept of Baelor. Had, had he just said, like, they could have fixed it. Had he, he just said, oh, like, Agents of Daenerys blew up the Sept of Baelor. You know, that, that would have fixed it all. You would have been like, oh. Wait, geez. hot pie said that in season seven? Yeah, so remember when Arya... Um, when she when she's like acts all weird. Or, like, yeah, yeah, I know. I don't remember weird. him saying that. He says two things that are really weird. So he's like, he's like, oh, no, Jon John Snow won the Battle of the Bastards. And everybody's like, oh, Battle of the Bastards is like the official name of the, of the battle? Really? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, okay. You know, that was the first thing. And then the second thing was he's like, oh, Cersei blew up the Sept of Baelor. Everybody was like, whoa. So people know that she blew. Are you up. fucking? I don't remember yeah. this at yeah. all. I'm gonna do a th- that thing you always do, where you, you just, <laughs> real quick, real quick. He fucking says that. That's yeah. so random. I don't remember that at all. Uh, uh, where he informs her of recent events over the destruction of Baylor, and he goes, "Arya must go up to Winterfell." Arya, blah, blah blah blah. He tells her House Bolton was defeated by Jon Snow and his wilding army in the Battle of the Masters. I need to watch the scene when we're done here. I don't remember this. <laughs> Holy shit, that's the stupidest thing ever. How come I don't remember that? Okay, whatever. Um, all right, so Cersei being feared for you know all the all the stuff is yeah. Twenty six. Cersei wants Bronn to kill her brothers, but then hesitates when Tyrion's in front of her in Episode Four with the archers and the ballistas, and just doesn't kill him. So I wouldn't say this is a drop plot, more like a contradiction. Yeah, more of a contradiction, but also kind of understandable. I mean, it's one thing to to send somebody off in the abstract, and it's another thing to do it when when they're right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I do I do wish there was a couple more, you know, mentions about how like she can't kill her family as much as like as e- as evil as she is, she still can't kill she still can't kill her family. You know, she still has a has it's the same with you know. It's the same with Tyrion. I like, I like. Danny makes one comment about how maybe he's secretly working for them, and you know, that's an interesting idea. You know, it's an interesting idea that as fucked up as the Lannisters are, at the end of the day, they're still fucking Lannisters, and they still like got each other's backs. You know, like mm-hmm. that's that's really as, as 
they've been through so much and they hate each other and they've done so much to each other. But at the same time, like Tyrion can't kill Cersei and Cersei can't kill Tyrion. Like that's a very interesting idea. I wish, you know, they alluded to it a little more. They yeah. did actually. Remember yeah. in the uh, season seven when uh, Tyrion has a private conversation with Cersei, mm. Cersei just has a moment where like, the mountain can cut him down right yeah. then and there, but it doesn't. She doesn't take it. Yeah, I mean it's true. It, and he and he breathes a sigh of relief, like. <sighs> yeah, yeah, and she she couldn't do it when he's right there. He's standing right there in front of her. He, he you know, sending Braun. I mean, that that was just a dumb plot. Uh, it, they should have just cut the bra- the Braun thing. Like it, it it served no purpose. Well, uh, you need to show where Braun goes. If he's not in King's Landing, where is he going to be? Right, but I mean, everybody knows, like, you know, that Braun, the actor that played Braun and the actor that played Cersei used to date. And so they, uh, continuing on, they could never be in the same scene together because they just, they. That's actually not true. There's one scene I think they're in, unless they had a stand in for Braun. Um, Season three, episode one, when Cersei goes to see Tyrion, she makes that comment about, oh, they said half your nose of it is gone. And she goes she goes to Tyrion's room with two Kingsguard. Yeah. And they're outside, and Bronn goes, and he's about to fight him because he wants to get inside the room. And then the fight is stopped before it begins when she walks out and she passes Bronn, supposedly. Might be his double, might be her double, and there it is. So, I think that's oh, the only I scene. See. Yeah. And what, so what's really interesting is the two dated before Game of Thrones started. So that's, that's so I mean, I guess they had that one scene then. But, but at other times it's quite obvious, like when they have the, the dragon pit scene and Bronn is like, come on, Pod, let's leave for no reason at all. <laughs> you know, and you're like, okay, and then Cersei arrives. You're yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's interesting that Lena Headey and, and you know, Jeremy Flynn, like, you know, Jerome Flynn. Uh, Jerome Flynn. Used to, used to date. But this was long, long, long before Game of Thrones um, uh, was, was on the air. Uh, number 27. This is something we mentioned briefly. I just find it hilarious that he put it in here. Uh, John just left Sam to die. Sam doesn't bring up how John just left him to die. It's that one scene in episode three where John runs back into Winterfell. The Night King's inside already. Yeah. And Sam is being overrun by whites. And he's like, ah! Uh, he looks at John, and John looks back at him, and John's like, ugh. And John just fucking leaves him to die. <laughs> so in episode four, Sam's just completely cool with it and even offers to name his son John when his son yeah, comes. I think birth. that was a missed opportunity. I think that it would have been really powerful had had Sam died, had John made a sacrifice. Like, I need to do something and I'm going to give up my best friend. I think that would have been really neat. But... Um, I kind of yeah. find it inconsistent. Like, how the fuck is Sam even alive for two seconds as they swarm him? There's a scene in episode three where when the whites yeah. charge in there, they charge in there with such ferocity that, like, they punch an unsullied person's head off. Yeah, I mean, the whites, the whites are very inconsistent. Like, sometimes they're, they're like, these, these ravenous piranhas that just tear people apart instantaneously, you know? Right. And then other times... You know, yeah, they're nothing. That that John can that Sam can be in a pile like a pile of of whites and blood and bodies and being whim- and whimpering and being like ah! like yeah, it's it's. <laughs> it's 
I'm, I'm laughing because I actually really like that scene. <laughs> <laughs> you also like it when John's like uh, running through the tunnel and the, the whites are falling down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, Very I, Sam Raimi-ish. I, yeah, I thought the over-the-top, like, raining, raining bodies. Like, how do you outdo Hard Home? How do you outdo the Battle of the Bastards? Well, you have bodies falling from the sky and <laughs> piles of piles of quivering whites and Sam Tarly in a pool of blood, like, whimpering. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the look he gives him. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, this will piss you off. Twenty-eight, okay. the Night King. Uh, John leaving Sam to die. Not really an abandoned plot, just a thing that just yeah, happened. Yeah, not that bad. Twenty-eight, Night King leaving a mark on people he touches. He touches Arya, and she isn't marked mm. from it even after the battle. Also counts for a point where Arya forgets to be an assassin and charges at him screaming. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess so. Like, I would say that that. The Night King's abilities and what the mark was and why it allowed him to find Bran and go through all of those circles. I mean, I mean it gets into the broader uh, issue of the nature of the others and the nature of, of the Three-Eyed Raven and, and their connection and things like that that were not fully flushed out. Um, why you know why that mark would would have worked and why the mark you know would have been he would have been able to find him yeah um but I, think... but I agree with him here it should have left a mark on Arya even after she killed him um even though the mark can't be used for anything now that he's dead yeah. it should still kind of like when Frodo got stabbed by the um the Nazgul in the first Lord of the Rings film it even the stab wound bothers him going into the ending of the third film yeah yeah, and I just wish there were there there was some sort of sacrifice. I mean, had Arya lost her arm or something after that after that battle, you know, th- that would have been something, you know? Cuz when you look at the book and you look at the sacrifices people make, like Tyrion losing his nose, you know, and um Jamie losing his hand and things like that, like mm-hmm. real sacrifices are being made. People die. Um and in the show you know, John comes back from the dead and it's fine. Tyrion, like, not only does he does he not lose his nose, he gets his scar kind of looks badass. You know, it's you know, Arya, <clears throat> Arya never gives up anything. You know, it's just it's 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 too bad. You know, I, well, it is. I I would say the touch kind of is a little bit of a little abandoned, but mostly what's abandoned is Arya forgetting to be an assassin and just charging at him screaming. She had the <laughs> the training for a long time and yeah. Right. Yes. And, and they even reference, I think, in the beginning of season eight, where Arya like sneaks up on John and he's like, I didn't even hear you coming. And it's like, hmm. But Yeah, I, guess, I mean it yeah. would have imagine if she was like imagine if she'd pulled a, a walking dead season one where they where, you know where they pretend to be or this is actually in um Shaun of the dead too like imagine if she had covered herself with the face of a of an other or face of a white walker and that would be a little like, funny because she's short yeah well i mean <laughs> that'd know, be a little not, ridiculous not everybody has to be she changes her height though right she was able to be walter frey <laughs> <laughs> sitting down i mean uh, uh 29 what did Podrick do to those girls? I think this is a gag one because, yeah. yeah. Um, 30, 
excuse me, I'm sorry, I need some water, 30, Danny forgetting her tried and true offensive strategy in Yukai and then later Marine. Her strategy back then was to infiltrate cities in a stealthy way and take them down from the inside. Danny did not do this in King's Landing. I would say this is kind of a weird point because mm. I'll yeah. have to defend this point at the same time go against it, right? Because she... <sighs> She doesn't have this information because her advisors don't tell her about it, right? Varys yeah. and Tyrion both know of the secret entranceways, as does Davos, apparently, but they never disclose this information to her. But right. at the same time, Danny also doesn't say out loud that they're, this is what she wants to do, even though she's done it twice already. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um... But it's up to her advisors to come up with the idea in the first place. But uh, this is I'm back and forth on this one. I agree with it. They could have taken King's Landing from the inside, an inside force. Right. Now, in the show, do they who, whose idea do they have for the sewers? Is it is it do they make it Dario's? I think they make yeah. it Dario's idea again. Yeah. yeah. Or or Grey Worms. Because doesn't he go inside? Uh, yeah. I mean, in the book, it's Brown Ben Plum's like like idea. But mm -hmm. um. I guess they make it Dario, and then you see you see them go, going in and, and and freeing everybody from the inside. I guess it wouldn't really work because um, the the Marine strategy <clears throat> is sneak in, free the slaves, and have the slaves open the gates um, and and cause you know ruckus inside. With King's Landing, like you don't have like the four the people inside are against Danny too. So you at least wouldn't have that. Now, being able to sneak in and do something, uh, like assassinate Cersei, I guess, you know, they should have tried that. I mean, what's, what's the drop plot, I think, is bigger is that they have a fucking faceless man, like, on their side, <laughs> and they don't use her. Oh, that, been, that actually would have been cool. That actually would have been cool. I, but I think John would have been against it, though. He'd be like, it's too dangerous. What are you talking about? She killed the Night King, bro. I think she can handle it. Yeah. Uh, so abandoned plotline. Uh, I I, I kind of just dumb. Yeah, it's kind of just dumb. I I wouldn't say that that's a plotline. You know, like it's mm -hmm. not. It, it's, there's nothing thematic to it. Like it's just a just a remarkable coincidence that that somebody used the sewers at Marine and Castle Rock. I'm not sure if we're supposed to connect those two things even. Right. Oh yeah, that's right. He did utilize it in, for Castle Rock, but he. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. just Tyrion being stupid again, I guess. Cause, yeah, yeah. But, but I don't even know. I don't think as viewers we're supposed to make that thematic connection. That oh right, they went through the sewers in Marine, and now they're going through the, through the sewers at Castle Rock. You know. Oh. Uh, thirty-one. Ilan Payne and Arya's kill list. He disappears after season two. Her kill list is also kind of forgotten, but that is understandable considering everybody just dies anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's really forgotten. The actor for Ilan Payne. The reason he just disappears is because. The one thing I will I will commend Game of Thrones on um, the show is getting rid of the fact there are a lot of extra extra characters in the books that are kind of unnecessary. Like you just mentioned, Brown Ben Plum, mm. um, and um, yeah, cutting Ilan Payne out is just cutting the fat. He was there for season one and two. I think the actor gets cancer, so mm -hmm. they like leave him alone. But then he recovers from the cancer. But at the same time, like they don't really don't need Ilan Payne anymore because correct me if I'm wrong. In the books, when Jamie goes to the Riverlands, doesn't he take Ilan Payne with him to train? He does. Right. So Bronn can just take that place because right. Bronn is just like a fun character people want to see more of. Anyways, that's an excuse to keep Bronn in there. And as for her kill list, I mean, besides Melisandre, you have Ilan Payne, who I guess 
my head canon for Ilan Payne is he's still there in the background as the king's executioner. Hmm. But when Joffrey dies, Tommen kind of gets is a softer king, so he doesn't really have as much need for Ilan Payne as Joffrey did. And when the High Sparrow kind of takes control of Tommen, he just sends Ilan Payne home. Um, so besides Melisandre, Cersei's still on it. Uh, I guess the, the mountain. mountain, the mountain's still on it. So that's three people. Joffrey died. Who else? Walder Frey. I think she had it, but she was just gonna go kill everybody anyways. Yeah, I mean they mention the 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 kill list at Winterfell the night before the big battle. Um and he just kinda because Beric Dondarrion was on the list. And she, Yeah, oh and, yeah, that's yeah, right. Beric was on the list. And so he's like, Oh, you know, wasn't he on your list? And she's like, Used to be. You know, they could have just added one more line. Like she's just like if she would, she she should have just had one more line saying, "I got rid of that list. It was stupid." You know, like that would have mm. been fine. Something that is simple as that, or I got li- I got rid of that list. There's there's more important things in the world, or so you know, just anything. It it would have been fine, but th- they didn't. You know, so I yeah, it, it's a little bit of a drop plot. I will say, um, the completion of the list I think is is a bigger book plot than it is a show plot. Like, mm. show plot, they just kind of phase it out. They realize that, eh, this isn't so important. And in, in the book, though, it's, 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 you know, it's still, like, well, the most recent chapter is about Arya still working on the list, so. Right. You know. Uh, no, thir- 32, Nymeria and her pack. Not much of a point to this scene. The show brings her back and then, then shelves her again. Uh, I kind of agree on that. There really was no point in bringing back Nymeria. I didn't really. I don't. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a drop. I, I would say that that's actually the the inverse of a dropped plot. I would say that a resolved plot that didn't need to be resolved. <laughs> yeah, there was no point in bringing her back. It just who cares? So they, you know, they brought Nymeria back. They resolved it, but no one was asking for that <laughs> resolution. I think the original plan to bring back Nymeria was to have Nymeria. Um, have her wolf pack go up against the white dragon. I think that's what I remember reading in an article, but huh. they chose not to do it. Like she comes out of nowhere and then all, all of a sudden yeah. there's this wolf pack. And there's this wolf pack going up against the uh, undead dragon. Eh. Mm. Nah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they could have, they could have, what they could have had was uh, like Arya awaken with a wolf, like real short scene. Arya awaken with, with a wolf dream of the wolf like seeing Ilan Payne, the two attacking each other and Ilan and the and Ilan Payne and, and Numeria killing each other. Um, just like Robert and the boar. <laughs> yeah. And then she wakes up in horror that Numeria has died and but she at least completed her list. And maybe after that she decides the list is stupid. You know, they could have done a lot, but ah. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> Thirty-three uh, Varys being a master spy, doing the opposite of a spy by telling everyone he's committing treason by wanting Jon Snow to be king. Um, yes, after season four, Varys kind of is not really a spy master anymore. He's just kind of an advisor to everybody. Well, I mean, everything changes about him, right? Like, mm-hmm. he, he, he no longer uses child slaves. He no longer, uh, he's no longer linked to Illyrio, which, who is a, who is a pro-slavery individual. Um, you know... He, they all of a sudden make him good when he is anything but, right? Yeah, he was more like an ambiguous character coming in and out. 
you know, having trying to get Danny killed, but you know, I guess having his reasons still, and you know, doing Tywin's bidding and Cersei's bidding, and you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's funny because in the book, everybody looks at Varys's "I do things for the realm" as being ironic. Like everyone's like, right, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you do things for the realm. Like no one believes him. Um, no reader, no reader believes that Varys is doing it for the realm, or you know, in his mind, like the most draconian path to doing something for the realm. Um, the uh, in the show, that it's it's earnest, you know, like no, he just he really cares about the people, you know. I mean, in the books, doesn't he like kill Kevin Lannister because Lannister Kevin is doing like such a good job at running the realm? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and keep so... in, keep in mind, keep in mind, in the book, he he is using children with their tongues cut out and orders Illyrio to get more of the children. And Illyrio's the one that's like, ah, it's just, it's so hard to get these kids. Like, ah, and Varys is like, I need more. You know, like Var- Varys is an evil douche. Like, and, and if you, in season one, keep in mind, he is like undermining Ned and, and leads to Ned's, dis- his actions partially lead to Ned's death. So, and he does try to murder Danny, like assassinate a 16-year-old girl. Like all of these things are there. Uh, well, Varys is an evil douche. My God. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's debatable whether I actually wanted Danny to die, but whatever. <laughs> 34, Varys's past is glossed over. The words he heard when he became a eunuch are never gone mm. into. Uh, yeah. I don't think these are need to be, I don't think they need to go into this. It's just one of the reasons why he, uh, I mean, he, he, I guess the reason they gave in season three for why he went against Stannis yeah. is because he hates magic. I get that. But at mm. the same time, we don't really need to go into this. In fact, I, I kind of think that... Uh, so the show is a little different than the book in that Varys finds and orders the magician to be brought to him. And he, he kills the magician. He tells the story of how he lost his, his nuts. And then he's got the magician right there, and then he, like, you know, kills him. He gets his revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that's not in the book, you know. So, but, I mean, the, him losing his nuts to some magician is, but, um, but you could, yeah. Like, it's right there, like, why Varys would be against, like, that's all you need right then and there about his nuts and, and the background and him hating Stannis. The plot is fulfilled. The problem is, is they bring it back. <laughs> they mm-hmm. bring it. They bring it back with Kinvara, and then you're like, oh, now they've mentioned it twice. This must be important. No, it's not. <laughs> Would you say that's a, that's a nice addition that the show put in there, having Varys like open up like this little coffin and he's in there? I I, I think it's yeah. I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, but the problem is, is again, they if you're portraying evil evil Varys, you know, like. But the problem is, is they all of a sudden made him a good guy. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, it was a nice addition until they contradicted it by making him, by whitewashing him. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like they did Tyrion, you know. Uh, 35, Kinvara and the other Red Priests. No resolution on the Lord of Light religion. So, yeah, yes. the Lord of Light religion kind of just goes away. Um, last season, in season 7, Melisandre said she was going to go off and uh, discuss the current situation about the Night King and all that stuff with... Yeah. Um, her people, um, I expected several priests to come and be like a whole like thing. Only she comes, and right. uh, that's it. So yeah. that is kind of dropped. 
Yeah, I mean they brought it. They brought it up in Volantis with the uh, with the Asian priestess. They they had Kinvara come. They had the entire. Uh, they had Marine become really pro um, Red God for no reason, really, because in the end you find out that that um, that all the Discord was being funded by Yunkai and Astapor. So it didn't didn't you didn't even need the Red Priests to be mm -hmm. part of it. But I don't know. It was very it was very messy plot. They brought all these things up and then it, it, yeah it went nowhere. Like it, it had. It had nothing in the end. Uh, 36. Letters Varys sent out informing all of the Westeros about Jon's true lineage, but none of the lords at the, mini that the, at the uh, ending meeting ever bring it up. Yeah, but, you know, Jon is... Uh, Jon's going to the wall, I think, at that point, right? No, so, they, haven't, they haven't decided on that yet, I don't believe. Uh, um, they never really bring it up, though, all the lords. I would, <laughs> I would argue, like... Him being a true Targaryen, did anybody did anybody at attendance even care about that? Especially after the whole Danny thing. I mean, I guess Dorne yeah. and uh, the Greyjoys care, and the Tyrell. Well, the Tyrells are gone. Uh, the storm. The storm. Do the Stormlands care? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I mean, if anything, they would want Gendry on the throne. But the. Uh, I mean, I guess it. it in a sense, it contradicts Varys's assessment of the kingdom, but Varys's assessment of the kingdom could be could be wrong. Like he thinks that, and maybe they could have played into that. Because if you remember, at the very beginning, Viserys thinks that the whole kingdom is going to rise for a Targaryen. Mm -hmm. You know, he's convinced of this, and we're supposed to think Varys is pathetic. I mean, uh, Viserys is pathetic that he's got all of these false hopes. Um, in the book, we're kind of on the fence. Like, we're like, well, there might be some people. There might not, you know? Like, go back. Like, when you first read through Viserys' assessment, like, oh, the Greyjoys, the Dornish, the Tyrells. And you're just like, dude, they're not going to, like, you're for the Beggar King? Come on. But then later on, you're like, well, you know, once you learn about these, these houses, you're like, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of a big unknown. So would the kingdom really care about a Targaryen? Well, apparently they, apparently they didn't. We have our final, at least in a Game of Thrones, we have our final answer. Varys was as deluded as Viserys. The, the, the kingdom wasn't crying out for a Targaryen to come. They, they just didn't care. That actually would have been actually pretty. I kind of, fuck, that annoys me now. I, I would have liked that like, as a thing that is though Varys thinks that everybody cares, but... You find out I mean, maybe only two people care, maybe. That would have been really funny had somebody brought it up at the at the small council, like Jon Snow is is the true is the rightful heir, and everyone being like, "Yeah, who cares?" Like like them laughing at it in the yeah. same way that they laughed at at democracy. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? And not even that, Yara doesn't even give a fuck about the whole Targaryen thing. She was just uh, allied with Danny, so right. she doesn't care about Danny being a Targaryen. She just yeah. liked Danny. Right, she liked Danny because Danny promised her Ironborn independence, which then was forgotten about. That's a dropped plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big dropped plot because that was the entire Ironborn plot was their independence movement. Um, so which yeah. should have been brought up when Sansa brought her thing up. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh... <laughs> I mean, it was the whole goal of Balon, and then it was the whole goal of Yara. So, yeah, no, that's, that's really bad, but, okay. <laughs> 37, uh, your favorite part. 
Okay. Grey Worm was in, was being very inconsistent with not taking Lannister prisoners as they are the as they are the Queen's enemies, but he does take Jon prisoner, as we all know, Preston. Mm. It's not their, it's not his decision to make. Yeah, no, that's a that's a completely. I would I mean I wouldn't say a dropped plot, but an enormous plot hole, like an enormous, like the largest and worst of plot holes. There's no reason that anyone should have taken Jon Snow alive. I mean, the, the armies that you some people have argued well. The Allied army does consist of one-third of uh, Stark forces. But yeah, the other two-thirds are Dothraki and Unsullied. So they kind of got the numerical advantage there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say that Grey Worm... Grey Worm is, as I said, the effective, the effective dictator of Westeros at this point, And he just cedes all of his power. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that Davos uh, stepped in on Jon's behalf. But then again, why would they listen to him? Yeah. Mm. Like, who, who, who are you? <laughs> Uh, 38. Cersei being manipulative and actually doing things that was a thing for many seasons, but in season 8 it all gets dropped to her just staring at things. Um, this one I'm a little iffy on because, yeah, he does have a point, but at the same time, what is really, what is Lena Headey really going to be doing? Like, she's already queen. She doesn't really have to right. manipulate. Her manipulation came because she really didn't have much power. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, she's, she's checkmated. Like, how are you supposed to do? You're like, ah, oh. you know, he, she's, she, she should get out of it. No, I mean, she's checkmated. Like, all you can do is kind of go insane, I guess, at that point. So she's not really a drop plot. 39, the Dothraki dying in the Battle of Winterfell. Uh, mm. This one I don't really get that much because we already covered that briefly. Uh, not all of them die. Apparently half are gone, according to Grey Worm. So. Right. I think people get confused because, um, and, and, they're confused a little, a little rightfully so, in that when looking above and you see the Dothraki's lights go out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> thematically, you're, you're supposed to be assuming that they're all dying at that point. Right. As their light goes out, that's a metaphor for them, for them going out, for them dying. But in fact, that we, we saw that many of them came back. Uh, so they weren't dying. It's just that their lights were going out. That mm-hmm. was it. So it's more that the metaphor of the scene, <clears throat> which, was, which was clearly set up that way, just wasn't factually happening on the ground. Um, so, I mean, there's logically, yeah, lights can go out and Dothraki can, can run back. We see the Yeah, Dothraki we see some of them run back. back. Uh, uh, Jorah comes um, back. Yeah, Jorah comes back. Like, you know, that's uh, um, Ghosts runs back. It's just that the metaphor, the thema- the theme of it is 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 confusing because they were thematically trying to make a point and then they they undid that point. So, I I get it, but no no. I mean, plenty of plenty of Dothraki just came back. So we just didn't we just you know we didn't see them die. Mm-hmm. We just saw their lights go out. So number forty, uh, the scorpions being a threat, and then during Danny's assault on the Iron Fleet in episode five, they're not a threat. That's <laughs> kind of a weird. I mean, yeah, not I, not a dropped plot, just a just a bad contradiction, right? right because <laughs> to be fair, in episode four, they catch Danny off guard, mm. and then and they catch Danny and Rhaegal off guard, and then Rhaegal gets 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 uh, killed, and then she comes at them, and they all fire at her, and they miss anyways. Mm. So yeah. I guess she's you know boof, uh, beat, that boosted her strategy or beefed up her strategy. In episode five, when she comes like directly from like the sun, and they, I guess they can't move it directly up. Yeah. And... I mean, it's a good point that 
essentially they sucker they su- they sucker punched her, mm-hmm. and and that's not going to happen a second time, you know. So fair enough, you know. I I think that's a fair argument that you know they sucker punched her. She wasn't paying attention. They were hiding, and that and then after that she's like no. If anything, mm-hmm. uh, her not having scouting, not having scouts, is is the true drop plot because she did scout ahead in season three when the second sons arrived to assist Yunkai. So sure, and plus it's just it's just stupid when when you know you know Euron's fleet is out there. I mean, Dragon, <laughs> and, they me- and they mentioned it in the scene like three minutes that. before. Yeah, and Dragonstone is is right there next to King's Landing. Like, why would you know? <laughs> why would you? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. two more. Four, 41. Okay. What happens with, with Drogon and Danny's body? I think I just read an article recently. I keep saying this a lot. I do apologize. But uh, things about the show are coming out as the show is done. I think the showrunner said that Dan- uh, Drogon is taking Danny's body to <laughs> Volantis. But also, okay, having an ambiguous ending <clears throat> is not a dropped plot. You know, that's just they wanted it to be ambiguous on what happens to her at the end. He flies off. And now we don't know, you know, that's not a job plot. It's just they fly off. If Drogon is intelligent enough to know to know what the Iron Throne represents and to burn it, maybe he's intelligent enough to want to bring her to like a Red Priest <clears> to <throat> resurrect her, since the Red Priests are firmly behind Danny. Sure, or maybe, or maybe to the middle of the Dothraki Sea to have his own little ceremony. Who knows? It does, you know, it does, like there's there's a million things that could that could happen, and we're supposed to wonder because it's an ambiguous ending, like. And, and let it be ambiguous, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, uh, that's not a dropped plot at all. No, that's just, they, you know, they, they just chose to have a certain ending. Uh, finally, 42, Bran not being able to be lord of anything. Uh, yeah, this one I'm a little iffy on as well, because if he can't be lord of anything, but he can be lord of Westeros, I guess. Eh. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, technically a king is a lord, but... You could say he's a king, not a but. He's a oh, he's doing a thing. He's doing a, a, that yeah. fucking. Uh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a thing. All right, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. you know, but um, yeah. I mean, yes, a king is just the top of the Lord Vassal structure, and a king is a lord, but you know, he's he's not the lord. It's like your thumb is a finger, but your fingers are fingers. So your thumb's not a <laughs> finger, but it's a finger. But not really a drop plot, just kind of like, eh. Yeah, you know, he, cha- he changed his mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys, that is it. Once again, I'll leave a link in the description below to Supercut's uh, Delight, his channel. And uh, he, did a, he did a pretty good job. He was kind of funny in uh, no, his no, entire video. I think um, we came up with a few more dropped plots. That, like, <laughs> for instance, Ironborn Independence. He never mentioned that, right? No, I don't think he mentioned that. Oh, right? yeah. No, that's a, that's a huge drop plot. For the for the for, <laughs> for his part two video, definitely Ironborn Independence. Uh, but Preston, thank you for joining me on this one. I This is something I've been wanting to do with you for a while now where we just – because there are quite a few. And if we go into the entirety of – because I think he just kind of really covers the last couple of seasons. But there are a lot more drop plots in earlier seasons as well. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue the Lord's, the Lord's Declarant is much of a drop plot, but they kind of get introduced and nothing really goes oh, yeah. down with that. I guess Robin Arryn sure. grows they, up. The, the other Dornish houses and their distri- you know, and um, things like that mm-hmm. that are introduced. Yeah, Oberyn's, Oberyn's other daughters. I mean, lots of you know, little things. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us, Preston. Thank you for joining me. And we'll be back next time with more Fire and Blood. Don't worry, you haven't forgotten. Please stop bothering me. Oh, I promise <laughs> we'll get to it. Ugh. We'll get to Oh, by the way, yo, uh, supposedly whenever New Zealand con goes down, George is going to have a copy of Winds of Winter there. Uh, I mean, supposedly. This is, what, this, this is his previous claim, but come on. He's disappointed us before. <laughs> and he said that if he doesn't have it by the time he's at New Zealand Con, that we can, like, grab him and, like, you know, the, pr- imprison him and, until it's COVID-19 has already done it. It's just, he's already imprisoned. So what are we going to do? We'll see what happens. Guys, thank you so much for joining us once again, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.